1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Brendan Rodgers says he'll happily go with what he's got If Celtic can't do any more transfer business Stephen Gerrard's backing Joe Worrell to bounce back from his Kilmarnock mistake And is Stevie Clark v Greg Stewart or Craig Levine v Michael Stewart The matchup of the weekend I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight is Derek Johnson and Hugh Keevans Say hello to a thrill seekers paradise What a league this is turning out to be Not often you can say Aberdeen Kilmarnock is the game of the weekend But it is And if Kilmarnock win this title It'll be the greatest championship win In the entire history of Scottish football And say goodbye to the genius That was Huey McIlvanny He was God's gift in the newspaper business He had no equal He has no successor Derek Johnson Mm. It's been a busy week for Scottish football Already So we're we're, we're caught in between (laughs) um, Looking back in the midweek fixtures And looking ahead to tomorrow It just gets better I mean we'll keep saying that You know the the league this season is the best it's been for a long, long time. And that is the case. I mean, the talk's all been about, you know, can Rangers win the league and take it away from Celtic? Then you've got Kilmanic up there, you know, six games in a row they've won at home. And they look a really, really strong side. And I, and I think, that, you know, it doesn't matter what team you're playing. Certainly the top five teams, anybody can win these games these days. That wasn't the case or it hasn't been the case in the last few years but it's going to be magnificent and it's important certainly an important game for Rangers that's for sure after the defeat in midweek you know they can't afford to drop anything I think James Tavernier said that in, in the press this morning so it's a big big game certainly for Rangers on Sunday afternoon yep and if you do football properly you do it respectfully and what Steve Clark has done at Kilmarnock has to be treated respectfully. What a game that's going to be tomorrow. He's only one point off Celtic. I do understand Celtic have a game in hand. But Aberdeen and Kilmarnock and Rangers and Celtic are giving us some league. What did you make of the midweek football, Derek? Uh, well, obviously I watched the Rangers game and I thought for 20 minutes, everybody was wondering, you know, what system is he going to play, you know, to get the two men up front? And it actually worked for 20 minutes. I'm looking at the game and saying they're a goal up. You know, they've, they've hit the post for a couple of wee half chances as well when Kilmarnock were never in the game. And you're saying, well, it's you know it's working really well. And then the mistake gets made by Joe Worrell. And after that, for some strange reason, you know, Kilmarnock got a grip of themselves and defended very, very well and restricted Rangers, you know, to, to very, very few chances. And in the end... Another mistake basically has cost him the game But for Kilmarnock to have two clear shots at goal Two clear efforts and score them Was incredible You know, And, and they got the three points and they're up there So as far as that was concerned you know, it was, it was a bad night for Rangers But for Kelly, brilliant And you look at Aberdeen Any time they go to Hamilton It's always a very, very difficult game You're saying, can they drop points? And they've gone there and battered Hamilton 3 nothing. You know, so the top out of the top four Rangers were the only team that didn't pick up any points. A while ago, I posed the question, Gordon: Do you want young heads or young old heads legs? or young legs? Young legs or old heads? Glad you were paying attention. <laughs> uh, I don't and, forget a word you say. And uh, that was the case at Celtic Park uh, on Wednesday night. The young legs came to the fore once again. Uh, Oliver Burke, two games in, looking the part, and uh, Timothy Weir. Well, what can you say? Two sub appearances, two goals. 
01419511025 Let's hear from you on the phones Plenty to get through tonight We're on Twitter At Clyde SSB uh, We'll hear from Brendan Rogers right now He says he's got a fantastic squad at the moment Says he'd be happy to stick with what he's got If they don't do any more business this month He says they are still looking to add quality um, But is insisting it's not easy to add the right quality I'm happy with the squad that we have We're open to to, to bringing in players of quality And I think that is that is what is key for us And we've known in the summer What were the areas of quality And what we wanted to, to achieve But they're not always available And they're not always affordable But whatever or whoever comes in Or doesn't come in We, we will work with the players that we have here We've got a fantastic squad If another player doesn't walk in the building We've got a fantastic squad Once they're back Tom's back Kian comes back And then we, we've got a, a fantastic squad of players here. So, uh, so our aim is to continue to focus on ourselves, develop the players. And uh, and like I say, if we can bring in players into the areas that we, we would like, absolutely great. If not, we'll work with what we've got and, uh, and the players will continually improve because it's a very, very young group. Celtic fans, Brendan Rodgers is happy to go with the group he's got if he can't attract any more quality. Simple question, do you agree? Are you happy to go on with the group or would you... Um, does that worry you in any way, shape or form? 0141-951-1025 Six days left on the window I still think Celtic need cover at the back uh, The, the full back positions uh, Lustig um, Great for Celtic over the years But showing signs of wear and tear Izagiri likewise uh, Kieran Tierney Perhaps back next month Perhaps not uh, I, I do think Celtic need Strengthening at the back well, I don't think they do, you. I think I think they've got a solid side now going forward again. I mean, there were some Celtic fans online after the first game, Ollie Burke, you know, he's a pub player, and you're, you're going, I beg your pardon? Mm. You know, that's first impressions that people get, you know, and they come out and say things like that. I mean, I've watched them two or three times playing for the Scotland under-21s, uh, and you've been to them as well, Gordon, and he, I think he's just a big smashing player. You know, great pace, good ability, Good in the air Can score goals I think he's been a terrific signing So far for Celtic The other thing would be today That jumped out from Brendan Rodgers Press conference Hugh Keevans um, Would be the future of Scott Brown mm. um, He said I'll just read you the quote It's quicker Scott Brown spoken with Peter They had a meeting But there's nothing to add He was asked again You know Was there a, a resolution And he said I don't know I wasn't in the conversation So um, Cards very much close to the chest On the future of Scott Brown Yeah well I don't find it unusual That he had a conversation With the chief executive And the manager wasn't there Because Brendan Rodgers Can speak to Scott Brown Every day of the week Uh, So I'm quite sure that Privately Brendan Rodgers will know Which way Scott Brown is thinking But I, I do think it would be helpful From everyone's perspective If Scott Brown were to come out and show his hand and say whether he will remain as Celtic captain next season or whether he'll be man at work down I, under. I think Brendan Rogers is the man here to decide because I would imagine Scott's gone in. I mean, they've sat down and said, "Look, with the midfield that we've got, am I going to play as many games as I've played the last eight years, or, oh. or how long it's been?" You know, and when you look at that Celtic midfield, it's hard to think where where Scott Brown can get in now and again. If you're looking for a defensive sort of game Then you bring him in for that bit Is he willing to go with that Maybe play every other week Or once a month or whatever Or come on mm. as a sub I don't think that's Scott's Brown, Scott Brown's nature And I think if, if he gets a decent deal away in the sunshine I think there's every chance he can go 
01419511025 That's the number you need tonight uh, We are on Twitter Remember at Clyde SSB uh, Let's quickly hear the thoughts Of Timothy Weir He says he was scared About his move to Celtic But is already loving life In Scotland He's talked about competing With the likes of Neymar And Mbappe And that's prepared him To battle out For a first team spot At Celtic Actually coming to Celtic I was really scared Because I've heard so much You know UK football is, is tough, you know, the fans expect so much, but I, I thought about it when before I came here and I was like, you know, it's going to be a great experience, you know, I'm 18 and to be playing under the floodlights here at, at Celtic Park and playing in front of the, these amazing fans is going to be great for my growth. You know, the first game getting the debut goal was awesome and, you know, I just I just want to score more goals for, for the fans and continue to win games and continue to help my team. There's, there's literally nothing I could describe that's, that's better than, you know, scoring at Celtic Park. <laughs> Obviously, uh, PSG, they have the best players in the world. Being with that group has, has really made me strong because, you know, I've watched the in and outs of everyone, you know, Neymar watching him in training and Mbappe and all those guys. And, you know, I, I really feel that it's molded me into to a stronger person and a, and a fighter. And, you know, it's made, it's made me a lot more hungry than I was uh, before when I was with the younger teams. And now I know that, um, you know, when you do come into a team and you come into a new club, you know, you have to fight for your spot. I feel like, you know, PSG has molded me into, you know, becoming that fighter and that, that player that has the hunger to come to a new club and try to fight for a position. Paul is a Celtic fan in Kirk and Tillock. Paul, what have you made of him, Timothy Weah, and uh, what Brendan Rodgers had to say about potential transfers today? Uh, the, hi, guys. Uh, the new signing, Timothy Weah, I've been very impressed with him. Uh, he's only 18-year-old boy, but... Uh, I've been really impressed. My worry was he was going to be another uh, lightweight, you know, kind of figure. But he, he's offered some different. I feel I think he's, uh, I think he's very similar to the way that uh, George Cadet actually played. He's very uh, if he can't get a shot away, he'll get the ball out of his feet and look for a pass. Uh, doesn't take long to shoot. Pull my energy. would be. No, I really impressed him and. Uh, Oliver Burke, I think he looks a big, strong guy. Yeah, I don't know if he's played in the right position, but so far so good. I've been impressed. He's played uh, there. Ollie Burke's playing there, of course, out of necessity because uh, Odson Edward uh, has been unavailable. Uh, with regard to Timothy Weir, two second half appearances as a sub, two goals. I don't think you'd need a particularly vivid imagination to see him making that three out of three tomorrow against Hamilton Ackies, who are really toiling. You know what I like to hear him, Hugh? For, for a, a boy 18 years of age in a strange country, he speaks very well. A very intelligent sounding young man, yeah. that's for sure. Um, Paul, what about Brendan Rodgers there talking about, you know, it's not always easy to get the, the right quality of player in. He's happy with this squad. If it has to be this squad that goes forward for the rest of the season, he's content with that. Do you agree? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's still a wee bit going on between him and Peter Lawwell where... He's not getting, he's not been able to sign the guys he's wanting financially, so he's getting the, the next best thing in loan. Uh, just it seems to be the way. Uh, I wouldn't mind some some more defenders coming in. Uh, attacking wise, I think we're okay now, uh, but I think it's just the climate the Celtic are in. We sometimes I think we we've still got we've got our ideas that we want to sign these big guys, but just as. I think we need to go for the kind of younger guys up and coming. I don't, I don't think that they want to come to Scotland. Well, that's the Celtic philosophy. You know, buy them as cheaply as you can and sell them for as much as you can. Uh, it's a it's a modern day philosophy. It's not exclusive to Celtic, um, but I think at the same time, 
um, you have to realise that at the back, I mean, Paul agrees with me that there's definitely the need for strengthening at the back with Celtic. Uh, as to the relationship between Peter Lawwell and Brendan Rodgers, you can get all manner of rumours, uh, but until such times as one says anything about the other, uh, we will not know. But it was a, a strange comment midweek from Brendan Rodgers about Marianne Schved, uh saying, I've already got a million wingers. Uh, it, it didn't sound like that deal was down to Brendan Rodgers. I mean, he, he tried to clear it. Well, he elaborated on it today. He said he hopes a deal will be done by the start of next week and then they'll sort out a, a development plan for the player. Yeah. I mean, there, Which, there were certain parts of the headline sort of jumped out. He, and he did, Hugh, he did say, I've, I've not seen a lot of them. So, yeah. you know, people are understandably reading into that. But at the same time, he's saying, well, you know, it, it is one for the future and, and perhaps that's why it's not... Brendan Rogers' priority If that makes sense You know the, People will suggest That oh there's a clash Of philosophy here Between uh, Peter Lawwell And Brendan Rogers. But If there's one thing That characterises Brendan's time At Liverpool And at Celtic He's been given Plenty of money so, 0141 951 Thank you to Paul and Kirk And Tillich Let's try and fire Through some more calls James is a Celtic fan In Springboy Hi James How you doing Gordon? Yeah good thanks What's your point yeah. tonight? It's just two quick points if possible. The first one was about what you touched on about the the fullback position for Celtic and needing maybe needing strengthening. Um, what does that really say about either Brendan Rodgers or the Celtic board? Because we've got oh, oh hello, still with us, James? Yeah, James, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. The last thing we heard. Um, what does that say about? Yeah, what does that say about Brendan Rodgers or the Celtic board? You said. Yeah, because we've got. Izagiri and we've got Gamboa as covering the fullback position. So does that say that Brendan Rodgers got a poor eye for like, a player, or is the board just no backing him enough to get the player that he wants? Well, first of all, they, they should be decent cover. First of all, what has characterised Brendan Rodgers' time at Celtic Park is that Celtic have not denied him any money. Uh, money's been spent on players, a plenty. I think he signed twenty-three players since he got to Celtic. Brendan Rodgers. He also wanted a new pitch. He got that. Uh, I'm not sure if he'd anything to do with the disco lights But Brendan hasn't been denied anything by uh, Peter Lawwell so does, that, does that say something about his choice of a player? Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, he finds Because apparently, I don't really know much about his time in Liverpool But his eye for signing a player in Liverpool was sort of let him down Especially defensive-wise He's great forward-wise, but yeah. defensive cover Well, I, I go back to the game against Rangers on the 29th of December You know, the, the, Brendan Rodgers had so little faith in those who play the fullback positions, that he put Callum McGregor there, and oh, I, agree I, I, I agree with you. Yep. And it, it ruined Callum McGregor's influence on the game. Uh, so, you know, like all managers, Brendan will sign good ones and he will sign bad ones. Uh, but you and I are in agreement that at the back there is a need for examining who is there, how long they will be there, and a need to get in younger cover. Uh, James, I know you had some thoughts on this Scott Brown update. If you can call it that, what do you make of it? I, I, I just think I know Hugh was saying he should he should maybe let people know what his plans are, but it's really it's none of your business what his plans are. I think I just think that he's in a very difficult situation because if Celtic if Celtic win the league, then he could say, "Listen, I'm going to stay for another two years. Hopefully, get Celtic to ten. He knows he might be a bit part player, but if Celtic lose the league, um, which I don't think they will, but if they do. I think some fans might actually turn on him, turn on him, and I, th- I know he's actually won the double treble. But 
I think he's in a very difficult situation just now, and I just I think he should just decide at the end of the season what he's going to do. I don't think the fans will turn on him. Uh, I I just think it's um it's yeah, helpful. Social, social media. Some players, some fans will. Yeah, but so, want them hounded out. Yeah, but so, yeah, but social media is not the real world. To be fair, uh, I, I think it's reasonable to ask that he let his employers know. You know, he's had a wonderful living from Celtic for the last 10 years. He has given Celtic 10 wonderful years in return, so they're equal there. But I think it would be helpful if his employers need an answer. It would be helpful if he gave one. I I think you, I think I'm speaking to Peter Lowell, I think they will know what's happening. Nothing's going to happen now, obviously. I think the end of the season, I think you're right when you say that. You know, you'll play to the end of the season. And I'll reiterate what I said. Does he want to be a bit part player because Celtic have got better midfielders? As if Celtic though, fans is, keep... is that decided already? Because I know they had that spell when he was out and it was a few games, but I'm not sure they'll be ready to, to make a definitive decision that he's down the pecking order yet. Well, where do you play him? You know, the way that Celtic midfield appear, they've been outstanding. And you get Celtic, I mean, I don't see all the Celtic games, but you get them coming on here saying, listen, the balls move forward quickly and they're looking sharper when, when he doesn't yeah, that's play. That's what I mean, but that was for a few weeks. I just don't know if it's. But that, but if that's, you can I mean, make such a big not, decision on the back he's of He's not getting any younger And he keeps signing all these midfielders he, He's got to ask the question I mean he's a player Wants to play every week Am I going to get the chance to play every week And if it's well I can't give you that guarantee That's when he's got to make up his mind Thank you to James in Springboy Go 141-951-1025 We're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard He believes Joe Worrell will recover quickly Rangers fans What do you make of that? Will he stay in for this weekend? What about your your post-mortem from Rugby Park? Share it with us after the travel with Michael Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson are here. Why not give them a call or send us a tweet? Banjo has done just that. He says one of the best things about Celtic on Wednesday was that young Ayer is back and looking good. Weah and Burke will get goals galore. The second half of the season, uh, we need a right back and a centre half badly. No more loans. Permanent signings You can join us on the phone On 0141-951-1025 Chris is a Rangers fan In Dumbarton What's your point tonight Chris? Hi guys um, Just before I get to my main point I was wondering if I get a, get a quick prediction From you um, About how the Rangers-Livingston game Will go on Sunday um, The reason I ask this Is that the first time I ever called the show I kind of was wary About the threat of Livingston Alman Vale And you kind of rub- Rubbished it off Saying that in a, I'll quote Rangers are scoring freely and will continue to do so. So I just want to get his opinion so I can put on a bet on the opposite. Right. Uh, Rangers to beat Livingston. <laughs> Rangers to beat Livingston. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. There we, go. <laughs> we now know, though, Hugh, that they do pose an incredible threat at, at home, Livingston. Um, yeah. Celtic have gone there, Rangers previously as well. Yep. Very difficult place to go. Yeah. Uh, and I'm well aware that uh, Rangers. Let themselves down And Kilmarnock uh, Finished up the better side Midweek And it was a A real error On Rangers part In that part of the season Where there is no margin For error And they will go to Livingston Under pressure Because Celtic are three points clear They also have The comfort Of a game in hand And by then They will also have Beaten Hamilton Ackies So They would be Theoretically at kickoff time Six points in front And the game in hand Theoretically nine points in front So there's absolutely no margin for error At all on Sunday What else is on your mind tonight Chris? Yeah so the, the main reason I called tonight Was to talk about uh, Rangers new goalkeeper signing Andy Firth um, For me it's a, a bit of a, a puzzling 
um, move. Um, I understand that Robbie McCrory's going out and going to Morton, and that's to kind of develop him as a player. I completely get that. But we've now went and signed a goalkeeper who I can only assume is coming in as third choice from the fifth tier of English football in a team that's actually sitting kind of mid-table in the fifth tier of English football. For me, it, it doesn't really make sense what, you know, why, we're, why we're going down that route. And also, I assume that means that Stefan uh, Marinovic, the New Zealand goalkeeper, was on trial. I assume that means that he's now out of the picture as well. Well, you'd be, you'd be entitled to that assumption. Uh, all I know, and I know nothing of Andy Firth uh, and his abilities, and uh, you know, signing from Barrow, yes, on paper it looks an odd one, but he was at Liverpool when Stephen Gerrard yeah. was coaching at youth level there. Uh, so clearly, Stephen Gerrard sees enough in him to want him at Ibrox. You just, you just wonder what's happening. I mean, you've got Jack Almack down south. You know, he's on loan. He obviously not happy. He wants to play first team football. Oh. Is he happy at Rangers just now? I know he's down there, but if he's playing week in week out, that's what he wants to do. Fodderingham's the same. Is he quite happy coming in every now and again? So they may well want to leave. You don't mm. know, and this is maybe why Steven Gerrard is trying to get goalkeepers in. He has worked with the fella for about six years or so, the, the, the goalkeeper. So he knows all about him and he, and he snapped him up there. So we don't know what behind the scenes are, but there's an awful lot of goalkeepers there, that's for sure. I mean, it's pretty obvious what the link is, as you say, you know, the, the Liverpool connection. The player himself was speaking, uh, you know, to, to the Rangers website, saying he grew up in the same youth team as Ryan Kent and Jordan Rossiter. Yeah. He worked with Michael Beale. Um, Chris, is it the level of football that he's coming from? Is, is that what concerns you the most? Um, a little bit. I mean, I think he's had 18 appearances for Barrow this season, and I'm not going to, you know, Ross McCrory was at one, I think, glass to Berwick. And I'm not going to say that Barrow is that much different uh, to, to Berwick Rangers. It just, it's a goalkeeper who's, with the greatest respect to Barrow, their facilities and the guys they're training with the end out are going to be nowhere like what, you know, he's getting at Rangers. So I, I just thought that, you know, Robbie McCrory would have been a. You know, a, a better fit for the position but it could be because I try to you know, get him ready for, for more first team games in the future and that's why they've loaned him out to get first team games at Morton mm-hmm. I think there's no doubt about that because you know, Andrew Dallas has gone to Morton as well from Rangers and uh, they will they will uh, not that one no 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 <laughs> not, not Huey's boy no um, they will get the benefit of playing at a good level yeah. and on a regular basis in front of decent crowds as well yeah. you know that's what they need to get they've got to play regularly alright thank you to Chris and Dumbarton Stephen Gerrard believes Joe Worrell will recover quickly from the Rugby Park nightmare the unloaned defender uh, well, it was a blunder wasn't it he allowed Kilmarnock to equalise on Wednesday that was before Jordan Jones of all people got the winner against his future club um, but Gerrard says that Worrell is a strong character I don't think Joe's that insecure where he's going to need a cuddle or a, uh, an arm round from me um, he's a big boy, you know, people make mistakes, he's human. Um, I'm more interested in his reaction and, um, you know, what he's going to um, give in terms of performance moving forward. That's the key. Um, we all make mistakes. It's that, That's the game. It, it's how you react from them. Uh, does this mean that, that Joe Worrell doesn't play at the weekend, Derek? How do you handle it when a, when a player makes such a glaring error? Do, do you sometimes have to stand by him or... Is this, an, is this a good time to take him out? Well, Stephen just said there, you know, he wants to see the kind of reaction he's going to get after that. You know, he's a big boy, he can look after himself, he doesn't need the hand around his shoulder or anything like that. But, you know, it, it was a bad mistake. I know anybody can make a mistake like that. But at that stage of the game when Kilmarnock were never in it, you know, and to allow them back into the game that way, 
And the Rangers fans won't forget that, unfortunately. And, I mean, I watched Katic play on, on Sunday, he played for 45 minutes he, and scored the goal and looked apart. He's a young lad, 22 years of age, it's bursting, you know, to get back into the team. So what does the manager do? Does he bring in Katic and does he put Waddle out? I mean, I don't know, I don't know how Stephen thinks. I don't know what the, the manager thinks, but it looks as if just listening to him there, that he may well put him in again just to see if he can handle it I mean, on Lewis McInnes says, you know, the Rangers fans are wondering what's happened to Katic. He had a solid partnership with, with Goldson in the first 14 games. Yeah. We only conceded nine and lost one. Uh, we've now got Worrell, who's only had three good games since he's arrived. Uh, Hugh Evans, what about the, the overall picture oh. at, at Rugby Park? Losing to Kilmarnock is no longer a surprise. No. We, we know how good they are. Having said that, given the... Euphoria surrounding Rangers after they beat Celtic and everything that did for the optimism to come out of the break and then go and lose your first game with yeah. Defoe and Davis involved. It, it was a big result, wasn't it? Huge. Uh, for both clubs, let it be said. Uh, from Rangers' perspective, it undid the good that was done by beating Celtic uh, and it puts them under all sorts of pressure because, as James Tavernier has acknowledged this week, can't afford to lose anything else from now until the end of the season. So at the Tony Macaroni on Sunday, that's the kind of pressure they're under. Had Joe Worrell made that mistake in the earlier part of the season, okay, it's a mistake. Forgiveness follows. However, we're now into the closing half of the season where one false move could cost you the title. And that's why every mistake now is magnified. You know, you, you, you're, I'm reading in the, in the papers there, James Tavernier, after the game, what the manager said to the players. Oh. Obviously, absolutely raging. And, you know, you can raise his voice like everybody else. Everybody thinks Walter Smith's this nice man, nice fella. <laughs> yeah. You know Walter. You know, oh. If things are not going well, you'll know about it. I think Stephen Gerrard is exactly the same. And for Tavernier to say what he told us was everyone's shirts are up for grabs. That's him warning these players. If you're not going to be consistent in this team then you won't be but playing again, yeah but I mean, I'm, sure, I'm, sure they, I'm sure they know that though. what about what about the, the, the way Rangers went about it Derek because there was a lot of fascination as to you know does Morelos play with Defoe and, and yeah. indeed he did which meant a change in the shape behind yeah. that did it work what did you make of the you know the, the first league appearances for Defoe and Davis well it, it's so easy to say you know it didn't work with the two of them you know they, they'd Kent there but didn't, they didn't have any width and everything else but for 22 and a half minutes until they equalised I thought Rangers played well they were adjusting to it what happened after they lost the goal I don't know only the players will know how they switched off and didn't really get to grips with the, with the game again I think that's what angered the manager they weren't able to lift himself after every single player playing against Celtic playing out their skin challenging Creating chances. How many chances did they create against Celtic? They didn't. They didn't create a quarter of them against Kilmarnock. And where I would disagree with you when he said, you know, Kilmarnock were the better team. I didn't think Kilmarnock were the better side. I think they took the two chances that they were given, and they took them well. To be fair to them, I mean, Rangers had a lot of pressure without actually creating an, an awful lot of chances in the second half. A lot of pressure, but they certainly defended brilliant Kilmarnock, and that's the one thing about them. Stevie Clark's got them well organised When they have to defend They do defend well And I'll repeat They're a point behind Celtic And I know that Celtic Have the game in hand However to be respectful To the manager Steve Clark And to the players And the supporters of Kilmarnock uh, They're in this title race Yes they are yeah. And if they do win it I repeat For me It will be The greatest League title winning achievement In the entire history Of Scottish football very disappointing result for us uh, the other night. Um, 
performance was very strong uh, for for 20 minutes um, and then after the mistake we made um, it was nowhere near the level that I expect so yes um, that's what I've asked the players for uh, since the last defeat and hopefully they can put that into practice for the weekend there's definitely a frustration but you know obviously each game's different um, each scenario is different um, you know an old firm game at home uh, it's completely different from going to, to Kilmarnock on a different surface against a different challenge, if you, if you like. So uh, I'm not naive enough to think that just because we've beat Celtic and performed at a very high level, I'm going to get that every single game. But uh, we do certainly need to improve in terms of being more consistent. Duncan's a Rangers fan in East Kilbride. What did you make of it the other night, Duncan? Um, I think, I don't know, it just seems to be the same old story with a lot of possession. Uh, We've got a lot of pace in the team with a lot of possession, but uh, I don't know. It's sitting in a one nothing lead. You just they're just waiting for something happening a lot of the time. I mean, we just we seem to boss games with loads of possession. We make chances, but I don't know. It's there seems to be a lot and and this, but there seems to be a lot of talking, a lot of players saying, "Oh, we'll do this, we'll do that." Well, he's a Rangers fan. My message to them is the talking's got to stop. Why Tyson sees there on the pitch? Mm. Well, it has stopped yeah. to a degree because James Tavernier has admitted that that's where. That's the end of the mistakes Or it has to be uh, Or Rangers will not be in with a shout Of winning the title So they put the pressure on their own shoulders It's how they react to it now beginning on Sunday Duncan what did you make of Davis and Defoe And how they were You know Put into that Rangers team as well See uh, I I mean I, I don't know I, I didn't think that Away, away to Kilmarnock at rugby park First game back after the break was the date was the night to throw in Davis and Defoe and start changing formations? I think the night, I think the time to do that is maybe one of the lower six teams at Ibrox and sort of try and tinker a bit with formations. But then the day, Mister Gerard's the man who makes a decision. He gets paid the big money, so yeah. I mean, Derek, on the face yeah. of it, they're the, they're the two big signings. You would ex- you would yeah. expect them to play. Hindsight yeah. is a wonderful yeah. thing, but yeah. but was it a risk? You know, changing the shape to accommodate these guys and, and to pitch them. Straight in at a place like that Well it's not kids they're throwing in It's experienced players you know, And usually experienced players Can handle it a lot better I think losing Kent from the wing I think Rangers suffered there Because he's one of the best At running at full backs And getting balls into the box And if you've got two strikers in there You need somebody going down there And getting the ball in the box Maybe if they're going to play the diamond They'll play Morelos up, up on his own Which he likes doing and just played before that 20 yards back from him, the point of that diamond, getting forward when Rangers attack, and keeping Kent left and Candias right. I mean, maybe that's where yeah. I don't know, but remember, this is the first time that they all played together with each other. Remember, I mean, who would, but, who would but, miss but, out then out of but, you but know, Arfield, Jack, and yeah, but Defoe and Davis. And, and Davis hadn't played an awful lot of games this season. You know, that's why they came off because the manager said they're probably 60, 70 minutes because they're not up to the, you know, the the, the fitness of the other team. So it might take them two or three games, you know, to get up to You pace. mentioned hindsight, Gordon. If neither Davis nor Defoe had played against Kilmarnock and Kilmarnock 1 2 1, the first call tonight would have been <laughs> why'd they lead the two of them out? Why, what's the point in bringing them? Uh, Duncan, you want to come back in? I actually, the, the main point I was throwing up with tonight. Is that after the nationwide outcry about Morelos and the Rangers Celtic game, uh, there seems to be a, a media silence about uh, Brophy's, so we call it, challenge and Ryan Jack the other night. I thought it was an absolutely disgusting challenge. Yeah. Makes no, no, no attempt to get the ball. The, the ball's not even in the guy's mind. It's just a blatant stamp in the back of Ryan Jack. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that could have put Jack out. I mean, if 
had been lying jack, it was a straight red card. Yeah, I, 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 could, I couldn't believe well. I couldn't believe I think you're right. I think you're spot on. I think it certainly wasn't a yellow card. For me, it was deliberate. He knew what he was doing, didn't go for the ball. He was late, he was from the back and brought him mm. down. For me, it's a straight red card every day of the week. I mean he did get booked, didn't he, Hugh Kevens? Oh. Um I'm not, I'm not saying that that means it's the right decision or anything, but you know I I don't know. What what was your take on that one? Um well, I thought the yellow card was sufficient, um, but, and I'm always wary of these. Uh, there's a media blackout. No, there's not. Uh, you know, Stephen Gerrard never brought it up. You know, and uh, you know it clearly wasn't uppermost in his mind. Duncan. Uh, well, I mean, I fair enough. But I mean, I've not exactly heard anybody talking about it, and considering uh, the things that have been going on, yeah, the incidents yeah. in the foreign games been a big talking point, regardless of what else happened in that game. Well, I, he, he did get a card. Uh, he did get a card. Ah, but, but the, the difference is, really there's a different. I mean, you, you can hand, you can get a handball and get a card. But we're now talking about somebody that didn't get anywhere near the ball, and he's he's clearly going for the player to bring him down. For me, it's a, it's a red card every day of the week. But I mean, Morelos didn't get booked. I think that's why. Why? And by the way, let's not get to that word again. But <laughs> yeah. that, that's, clear, that's clearly the difference here, Hugh. And well, we, of course, you can always argue whether a yellow should have been a red. But yeah. I think that's the that's the obvious difference, is it not? Well, again, we're we're told that the referee did see it. He took his decision. That's the end yeah. of the matter. Uh, Celtic felt so strongly about the referee and Alfredo Morelos that they issued mm. a club statement saying that they wanted an explanation. Uh, but I, I go back to it, Stephen Gerrard. Didn't raise the subject 0141-951-1025 uh, Stevie Clark Has been a man in the headlines this week A good result for him at Rugby Park on Wednesday And he's coming up against Well his team is coming up against Greg Stewart tomorrow oh. um, mm-hmm. We'll bring you some interesting comments From Stevie Clark after the travel with Michael Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Win the compensation you deserve Talk to thompsons.com it's Friday night and that means Hugh Keevens and Derek Johnson are here and are waiting on you. On the phones and on Twitter at Clyde SSB, Stuart is on, he's a Kilmarnock fan. Mm. He says, has anyone worked out if Defoe actually touched the ball double figures on Wednesday? Not a surprise, Kelly winning. Gers haven't won a league game there since 2011. On the phones, and I was going to bring this up myself, Hugh Keevens, but yeah. that's the beauty of this show. I'm just looking at what Jamie in Perth wants to talk about and I'll just let him do it. Jamie, what's your point tonight? Good evening, Farrell. Good evening, uh, Gordon. Good evening, uh, DJ. And good evening, Hugh. How are you? Fine, good, Jamie. Yes. Hi there. I hope you don't mind, but I wanted to kind of push aside all the, the nonsense uh, the Scottish League and everything we've had for the, this season so far, as exciting as it's been. Uh, and I just wanted to spend a couple of minutes just to mention uh, the passing of a, what I would see as a Scottish sporting legend today. Uh, I'm mainly putting this point to Hugh. Uh, as you, you're probably around the same age as him, but I, I was uh, very, very sad here uh, to hear today that uh, Hugh McIlvany had passed away. Yes. And uh, what what I was wondering was, uh, well, my question was for Hugh, and I'll come to that in a second, but my, my own recollections of Hugh is I didn't actually realise who Hugh McIlvany was until a couple of years ago when uh, a fantastic set of radio interviews came out on the Arrival Channel of yours. So you, may, you might have heard them. And it was then that I realised who I'd been reading for a number of years. Uh-huh. And my question was to Hugh, and myself as someone who has an interest in the media and journalism and stuff, and use all as well. My first question was, Hugh, uh, you being a journalist as well, and uh, I don't know if you knew him or not, but where would you, on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you put Hugh McElvany, where would you put yourself? And my second question was, do you think we'll ever see a heavyweight uh, 
writer uh, who can write about sport in the way he did. I mean, he didn't just write the story, he wrote the story about the story. Uh-huh. And if we, if we aren't to see someone like that, what does Hugh think journalism needs to do to create these kind of one-off special journalists? Well, first of all, I would only praise Hugh McIlvany. I wouldn't bring anyone else into the discussion, including myself. Uh, I said at the start of the programme, he had no equal and he has no successor. He was, in terms of sports writing in British newspapers, he was peerless. There was no one like him before, there'll be no one like him now. He's gone. Uh, And I knew Huey very well. It was my privilege to know him since the 1980s. Uh, he was a genius um, he, he didn't just write stories They were literary works of art I was asked by the Daily Record today To do a piece for tomorrow's paper And I, I said to them I, I, I freely own up to a sense of inadequacy How do you put into words Properly put into words The greatest wordsmith in our profession so, you know, I, I did feel it's a, an almost impossible task to try to get Huey McIlvany right in words when he was the best wordsmith of the lot. Uh, but as I say, I wouldn't use Huey's passing as an excuse to examine the profession. That's for another day. The day of Huey's passing is a day to pay tribute to his greatness. What stands out then, and whether it be memories, whether it be particular pieces... For people who don't know Jamie obviously does But for people who don't know What was so special People were in awe Of Huey McIlvany uh, And that included the best in the profession uh, Because he had A way with words uh, That made him invaluable It made people want to buy Whichever newspaper he was with at the time It made young men Like myself Want to be part of the profession uh, And freely admitting that Yes, you're part of the profession, but McIlvany was the number mm. one. Uh, when Johnny Owen, the Welsh boxer, died in 1980, uh, Huey wrote a piece uh, about Johnny Owen, and it was poetry. It was a work of art. And uh, the, the Observer newspaper in which it appeared have reproduced that article online today mm. as proof of this being uh, the, one of the greatest pieces ever on the subject of boxing. He was such a down-to-earth man born in Kilmarnock into humble beginnings, uh, never lost his passion for the country. Uh, you and I were at Wembley Gordon a couple of years ago when England beat Scotland 3-0 and I asked Huey if he would do a piece for Super Scoreboard and he would, he would revert to the Ayrshire dialect when he was a bit angry. And he said, I thought you were a friend, meaning friend. Uh, so he, he wasn't. He wasn't for doing it. He wasn't for putting his analysis of the game uh, onto the tape machine uh, because he was so angry at what had happened. But he, he, I got a piece of advice about Jock Steen when I was a young reporter, and the advice was, don't speak to Big Jock unless you're absolutely sure you've got something proper to say. And. I, I, as a young man, I felt the same in Huey McIlvany's company. Mm. Um, used to meet him in the, the, the bygone days of Fleet Street when uh, the pub round the corner was the, the cheddar cheese and we, we met in there for the first time. And you're immediately in awe of him and just let him speak until you've got something to contribute to the conversation. Sadly, as a youngster, Huey, I mean, I, I didn't buy the Observer newspapers or anything like that. Mm. I was just your, your usual 
homebred newspapers, you know, and the people that I dealt with, Alec Camerons and Alan Herons and John McKenzie's, yeah. you well know. I mean, they were the ones, you know, that, that I read all the time. But obviously, as, as the years have gone on, and you see him on the television, you know, very, very clever speaker. I enjoyed listening to him. Oh, the voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I remember um, Celtic against Leeds. Now, this was the Battle of Britain. That was always the, the great favourite, the Battle of Britain. Uh, and the semi-final European Cup, Celtic went to Ellen Road and beat Leeds, Jordy Connolly oh. goal, and then beat them again at Hamden. And I remember Huey saying to his English colleagues, do you think Leeds would survive in Scotland? You know, so uh, wonderful, wonderful man, a genius. The, the, the term is used and abused, but Huey McIlvanny was a genius. Final word to you, Jamie. Well, I, 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 I totally echo that here, here, but I mean, one thing I've always been curious, and I'm going to ask you this again, is I was always struck, uh, especially the last couple of years when I found out a bit more about him. How close he actually got to some of the some some of sports' biggest names, oh. and I'm going to ask you this: Was that normal for you know? Was was there other reporters around the world who were getting as close access to Muhammad Ali and Fraser and Jock Steen and stuff, or was that one of the unique things about him as well? I, I think everyone met him, having read his work and having this respect for him. Uh, that might not have applied to Muhammad Ali. But when he did meet him, he immediately discovered uh, this was a giant of a man in more senses than one. Uh, so, you know, Jockstein thrived on Huey McIlvanny's company. Uh, you know, he, he was so fond of Jockstein and uh, Sir Matt Busby and uh, Bill Shankly. Uh, you know, he just revered these men because of their working class roots. Uh, and they, in turn, Revered him because he was a magnificent writer, uh, enjoyed years of sustained brilliance, and they were as respectful of him as he mm. was of them. I mean, it's obviously a sad day that the the only good that can come of it, Hugh Evans, is that people who haven't seen the work, yeah, go and look it up because they've they've heard the fuss, they've they've seen everyone talking about it, and they go and do a bit of reading because uh, yeah. you you won't be disappointed. This was a guy who was so good. He uh, delivered the eulogy at his brother Willie McIlvanny's funeral And the words were so great They were taken and reproduced in newspaper form And he also delivered the eulogy at a mutual friend of ours funeral Glenn Gibbons And the words again were so great I could swear I heard applause coming from the coffin And you, and you know what? He was he was one of the few people that got on only an excuse because he had such a great voice and yeah. Jonathan loved doing him. He actually got on that as well. Yeah, so you know, Huey would have hated all this. You yeah, know, the yeah. people heaping praise on him. You know, he came to work to do his business as a newspaper writer. He didn't set out to say, "Oh, this piece will make people really talk about me." He used to say himself, the first thought in his head when he sat down to do his piece is. Don't screw this up right, I did say we were going to hear from Stevie Clark But it just felt right to let that rumble on Because it was uh, great to hear the, the words from Hugh On the other Hugh Thank you to Jamie in Perth for the call It's time for this Beat the 
Pundit. With goals in the Scottish sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Yes, it is the final beat the Pundit of the week. You, up against Hugh Keevans or Derek Johnson, a battle of the football knowledge and the winner, well if it's you, you get a signed ball. 0141-951-1025. Give us a call right now if you want to play. Be quick because you only have until the news at 7 o'clock for tonight's Beat the Pundit. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson are here in the first hour of tonight's show. We heard from Brendan Rogers, we heard from Stephen Gerrard, we were talking the midweek action, new signings, potential business to come. So if you've any thoughts on them, get them in. And after we play Beat the Pundit, we're going to hear from Craig Levine and Stevie Clark, proving once again that what happens on the pitch in Scotland is one thing, but there are some great stories off it as well. We'll get to that after this. The Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday Yes, your final beat the Pundit of the week Your final chance to get one over On the Pundits in here Hugh Keevans and Derek Johnson are ready One of them is taking on Raymond From Bells Hill tonight Hi Raymond uh, How are you doing? Not too bad, is this your first time playing? Nah, second time Alright, how did Actually, the first one go? I drew with Mark Wilson the last time And I was robbed <laughs> You drew with him? Aye, and I got robbed. You robbed the tiebreaker, did you? Aye. Was it me? Was it my fault? Before I my time? So, no, I That's alright, good stuff. That's alright then. Question. I can I can happily Right, okay Doctor. <laughs> well I'm gonna to toss the coin and see who you're up against. Hopefully there will be no uh, there'll be no stewards inquiry tonight, Hugh Keevens. We'll yeah. settle it one way or another. Heads it's Hugh, Tails, it's DJ. And it's heads, Hugh Keevens mm. against Raymond from Bells Hill. I'll give Hugh a bit of the old uh, Clyde two and his lug. So he doesn't know what we are saying Right, Raymond You've got 30 seconds Head to head You can pass Here's your chance to beat the pundit You ready? Yeah Who did Chris Sutton join Immediately after leaving Celtic? Pass Who did Air face tonight? Yeah, um Dumbarton Name one non-Scottish team left In the Challenge Cup Uh, Atkinson Stanley Who did Celtic beat in the 2004 Scottish Cup final? 2004 Aberdeen Who has been announced as Motherwell's reserve team boss? Oh. Who has been announced as Motherwell's reserve team boss? Uh, um, Quick I haven't a clue Right they were, they were quite tough tonight Let's see how Hugh gets on I, Hugh Keevans <laughs> Can you hear us Hugh? Yeah He's not, he's not arguing about this already No 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 We're fine You ready? On you go Who did Chris Sutton join Immediately after leaving Celtic? Uh, QPR Who did Air United face tonight? Oh Dundee United Name one non-Scottish team Left in the Challenge Cup uh, Pass Who did Celtic beat In the 2004 Scottish Cup final? Dundee United Who has been announced as Motherwell's reserve team boss? Uh, pass What is the name of the goalkeeper Rangers have signed from Barrow? Andy Firth And what trophy did Mikel Arteta not win with Rangers quickly? Uh, Scotty Cup Okay Question's a bit trickier this time round Raymond Oh, a lot, lot <laughs> They were I thought, listen, I thought Hugh was struggling a bit as well Let's go through them Who did Chris Sutton join immediately after leaving Celtic? It was Birmingham, Birmingham. Oh. Uh, Who did Air United face tonight? It is Dundee United So Hugh goes into a 1-0 lead 
uh, the non-Scottish teams left in the Challenge Cup You had the choice of Bohemians or Connors Key mm-hmm. um, Who did Celtic beat in the 2004 Scottish Cup? It was Dunfermline mm-hmm. So it's still 1-0 to mm-hmm. you after four questions Which tells you either that they were tough or you two are rubbish I don't know, you can decide <laughs> uh, Who's been announced as Motherwell's reserve team boss? Morris Ross It's Morris Ross <sighs> You knew that You you must have seen that somewhere Yes yes sir. You'd be kicking yourself uh, So 1-0 after 5 questions This is an all time This is exciting yeah, yeah, Only yeah. a goal in it Hey <laughs> uh, What is the name of the goalkeeper Rangers have signed from Barrow right. It is Andy Firth yeah. Hugh got it 2-0 And you even Yeah, You added a bit of gloss 3-0 Mikel Arteta did not win The Scottish Cup With Rangers Raymond I'm afraid it's a big fat zero for you Oh no That's a, a sickener A sickener <laughs> oh, No And listen And that's the last one You're going to have to dine out on that all weekend I don't think dine out's even the right phrase You'll be getting slaughtered for it Raymond from Bells Hill A zero Hugh Keevans a three Easy victory for you old fella Yeah I mean, Two goals in the last minute Made it comfortable Yeah fair, he, was, right? he, he was nervy up until the last yeah, couple of minutes yeah. wasn't The chances he, he? come you miss some But you're always in the right place Absolutely. To get other That's chances That's 01419511025 Give us a call What's on your mind tonight You can tweet us as well At Clyde SSB um, I think we should call the next section Hugh Wind up section Love it um, because we've got Stevie Clark and uh, we've got Craig Levine. We'll go Stevie Clark first. He's loving the competitive nature of the league ahead of tomorrow's trip uh, to Aberdeen. The subplot tomorrow, of course, is Kilmarnock are facing Greg Stewart, who's just left Kilmarnock. Uh, he's gone to Aberdeen. Uh, Clark, I think it was tongue in cheek, you had a smile. Um, mm. But he says he would love to be on the pitch and facing Greg Stewart tomorrow. I won't be playing against Greg personally, unfortunately. <laughs> and, you can, and you can tell Greg I mean that in the nicest possible way. Sure. <laughs> nah, nah, listen, it's just one of these things that happens in football. Uh, obviously, we know a lot about Greg. We're, we're grateful to Greg's contribution to our season here at Kilmarnock. He's, he's now an Aberdeen player, so we treat him like. We treat every opposition player with respect uh, and we'll try to minimise the damage that he can do to us. We've got nothing to prove to anybody. Uh, we just we just go about our own business. We try to focus on ourselves. Like I said, we, we prepare ourselves for every game, every opponent. We treat everybody with respect and we try and do our best and that's what we'll do again tomorrow. I think it's good for Scottish football that the, the league is so competitive. I mean, don't forget, Hearts were at the top for a long time. They've suffered a little bit with injuries. St Johnson under Tommy have done fantastic as well. And both, both of those teams are not too far away either. So I think for Scottish football, it's been good. The, the level of performance, the, the competition's been good this year. Everybody seems to be capable of beating everybody else, which is, which is good for the league. Right, that's wind-up number one. Wind-up number two will come in a few minutes in the form of Craig Levine. Shock. Um, you, you're, not, you're not telling me if Greg Stewart goes running down the wing tomorrow, Hugh. Do you think Stevie Clark's tempted to, to stick a boot out? Is that what you're saying? Stevie Clark was too cultured a fullback. You know, he really was a good player, Stevie Clark at St Mirren and at Chelsea. Uh, but he always knows the right thing to say. This is yeah. the guy who publicly yeah. stood by Jordan Jones while former pros and pundits alike uh, were saying that he'd put terrible pressure on himself um, with his tweet about Rangers and then playing against Rangers. So Stevie Clark knew the right thing to say, got the most out of Jordan Jones, uh, and now, of course, he's upset over losing Greg Stewart. The, the, why he's upset has never been properly explained But he has alluded to there being something about the transfer That's not to his liking <laughs> Would it be ironic You know, Jones got the winner in midweek mm. It would be ironic If the young man up there Aberdeen stuck in the winner as well uh, That would be, that would oh be Scottish football for you well, that's yeah, what, Absolutely Joking aside, that is what's so good about the product we have at the moment Hugh Because you're marrying 
Important football matches Rangers against Kilmarnock That's an important football match In its own right And then uh-huh. you've got The great subplot About Jordan Jones Tomorrow Kilmarnock against Aberdeen Right next to each other In the league It's a great yeah. football match yeah. And then you've got This Greg Stewart business as well There's just so much To be interested in Yeah You know It's, it's a wonderful league This season It's competitive uh, You've got four teams At the top Separated by three points uh, So you know, Aberdeen Kilmarnock is the game of the weekend. It, it, there isn't one to touch it, but because of the the ramifications of the win for whichever side gets it, or maybe it'll be a draw and it will set both of them back. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's speak to John, who's a Rangers fan from Parkhead. Hi, John. Hi, Gordon, you and Derek. Hi, John. Uh, a couple of points, but the first point was covered with uh, the Rangers fans earlier on. Now the Rangers fan that. The tackle brought him with on Ryan Jack. I thought it was obviously been covered. I thought it was shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, a, that's the first time Ryan Jack's been done. But I tackled that a wee while ago, put Ryan Jack out for about five yeah. or six months, if you remember right. I think it was against Kilmarnock at Ibrox, if I remember right. Yeah, was it, was yeah, it Motherwell? Motherwell, Motherwell Kipre, was it? Kipre, yeah. 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 Uh, my, my second point is about the, the game on Sunday. Obviously, disappointed the other night. Uh, I thought I thought they'd have done the business and get three points. But. On Sunday against Livingston, I would play Kyle Laffer on Sunday uh, because I mean the the, the boys at the, the the boys at the back uh, for uh, for Livingston they're all I, I, I remember the boy Halkett I can't remember the other two they're all go, big boys and I think they did a bit of muscle up front yeah. I think they did a bit of muscle up front on Sunday uh, maybe maybe play Laffer half Morelos or Morelos half Laffer but I think they've got to go with a bit of height so no default uh, then no default for you John. No, no, not for me. No, by the way, the other night, and I've I've got to Matt, and I spoke to a few people. I know I'll, I'll give Stephen Gerrard all the praise in the world. I know Hugh uh, says that it's okay, but the Rangers will get beat two one. Uh, if the Rangers fans will be knowing shouting and bawling, but I would have been with the exact same team that played apart from goals and being injured. I would have been with the same team that beat Celtic on the 29th of December. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, Stephen did come out and says that see, see if I'd have been Ross McCrory. And uh, Wednesday afternoon about four o'clock, whenever the team was mentioned, and Candice, I'd have been, I'd have been sick. Don't have been that starting eleven. Well, you know, yeah. Rangers. That's a fair point, you, isn't it? But you know, I know how important it was to the Rangers supporters and everyone associated with the club the win over Celtic on the 29th of December. But does it necessarily follow that three weeks later? After you've been mm. to Tenerife for your warm weather training, you automatically pick the same team, believing that they'll automatically deliver the same level of performance. No, I mean, of course not. But and then you're arguing hypotheticals here because you can't really do anything else. Had the game been the following week, had there not been a three-week break, then he probably would have played the same team. If Jermaine yeah. Defoe and Stephen Davis come to your club, then all right, you don't necessarily need to play both from the start, but it would surely be unnatural to. To have both sitting on the bench I, th- I think that the majority of Rangers fans Would have had both of them playing Without a shadow of a doubt They, they have strengthened With these two players playing out So why on earth Would you put them on the bench oh. or, or only play one of them oh. I think you had to play two of them And Stephen will find a way You know to get the two of them And if they're going to play two men up front Then they've got to mm. make sure The ammunition's there Because I didn't think There was enough of that Certainly in midweek what will How disappointed Will Candias and McCrory Have been then Because you oh. always talk about Players being As good as their last game And those oh. two in particular They were outstanding Were yeah. very good I mean everybody That played against Celtic Played their part And I said that the, A couple of days before In this programme I said Rangers are going to have To have every player Playing well To have any chance Of winning the game 
And as it happened, you know, I don't think they had a failure on the day. Celtic had plenty of failures, but Rangers just played so well, created so many chances, and it was it was exhilarating to watch. But it all left for for what reason I do not know at Kilmarnock on Wednesday night after the first twenty minutes. Johnny, can I ask you what? Percentage would you put on Lafferty starting on Sunday? No, no that's what I said. Sure, what I'm, what I'm trying to say. I think we need a. I think we need a bit of height. We need a bit of physical presence in the balls because I said they back three boys that play for uh, Livingston. They're all big boys. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all rough and tumble. I'm not saying that they can play football, but every boy that they go, I, I watched them at the game they beat us at, at Livingston. I was at the game they won, they won one nothing, and that day Livingston, what, what Livingston going? Is they like the high the high ball into the box, so they've got to defend. If Rangers can play, put the ball into the box. That's what I'm trying to say. And I mean, Lafferty, for me, I might be wrong, but I would play Lafferty for, for the. But but you know what, John? Can I say something to you, John? Being a centre half as well, the last thing I wanted was a small, quick player playing against me. I would rather have somebody six feet that I can battle with, because mm. the weird ones are nippy. They're getting by you. What he needs is better service to four. If he gets that. Then he will definitely score goals Is it worth considering The job that they would do Helping out at the other end the Defending set yeah, pieces sure. And things because, like that Because that is the great strength Of Livingston We know they play back to front An awful lot And even when they get 10-15 yards from goal With, with throw-ins You know the, All, the, all the, the, the centre-backs Come up For the throw-in So the Rangers are needing Big lads in the side You're right uh, thank you to John in Parkhead Keep the calls coming on 0141 951 uh, We did actually have a tweet from a Livingston fan That I meant to read out Talking about they're facing a striker crisis mm. For Sunday uh, It's now been lost amongst thousands of other tweets My apologies, you'll know who you are You can send it back in Right, Craig Levine, Hugh Keevans yes. <laughs> He's uh, dismissing criticism from Michael Stewart um, In his role as a pundit He said his handling of the, the David Vanacek Was poor management If you've not Heard this story This is when Vanacek the new signing He came off after half an hour During the week Craig Levine said Because he was rubbish um, Michael Stewart of course Had a spell under Levine And he said the public criticism Was wrong Here's what Levine Had to say in reply My good friend Mr Stewart uh, Not intelligent enough Or brave enough to, to try management Why would I Take any advice for him It's like uh, How can I it's like me taking advice on politics from somebody like, I don't know, Michael Stewart. So we'll just ignore what he says. Eh? There has to be a line drawn. If there's, if there's a problem, you've got to address it. And as far as I'm concerned, the best time to do that is immediately. Um, you know, David accepted he hasn't turned up in good enough physical condition. He can get much fitter. Um, and we, we're all on the same page now. Now, I'd rather that than, you know, telling him that he's doing well when, he, when he's not. Uh, Michael Stewart's not here to, no. to reply, Hugh Keevans. I don't really want to get right into to who's right and who's wrong, but I must say, um, Craig Levine just continues to say exactly what is on his mind this season. Uh, well, you know, the, he won't be manager of the year, but in terms of quotes, <laughs> Quote he's manager <laughs> of the year. Uh, he's had some belters uh, with the natural order of things and the... Uh, calling his own team rubbish and uh, you know and what he gave to David Vanacek. However, having you've, said you've that, you've missed the Derek McInnes. Spot yes, yes, uh, because we can't say that word on air. Tell, tell me, tell me, Hugh, did he just arrive the day before, or was he no, there? No, 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 he's been there. Yeah. Well, surely well, Vanacek, you mean? Yeah, he's yeah, been there. Yeah, but surely you're, you're then watching him in training. You can see whether he's fit well, or that, not, or whether he's sharp. You know. To be fair to Michael Stewart, 
that was his point. He thought that the Vanacek had been there long enough for the manager to have made an assessment and if the manager was questioning his fitness, then why did he play him in the first place? So I didn't think that Michael Stewart was over the top. Uh, there's clearly bad blood between the two of them. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, that happens in football. Uh, I think it's a little bit naughty of Craig Levine to say that Michael Stewart doesn't have the intelligence to try football management. He can question his bravery and whether he wants to try it. However, to to accuse him of lacking intelligence, I think, is a well, low blow. But well, I said he's entitled to his opinion as well, the same as Michael Stewart. So uh, you can't leave let one go and not the other. He's quite if he no, doesn't think he's intelligent, then he's quite entitled to say that. Football wise, I'm not talking well, about. That's not what he was talking wise. about, though. Like, you yeah. can't. You can't just. You can't just cover every single. A comment by saying Oh well that's his opinion And it's okay I mean that's what we're here for As to I say that, yeah, As that. I say The oh. use of the word intelligence uh, I think is naughty um, he's, You know if, if Michael Stewart Doesn't fancy Club management I don't know whether he does Or he doesn't But if he doesn't fancy it Then okay You can say Well Don't go criticising me and let, If you're not brave don't enough To try it yourself yeah. Right John is a Celtic fan In Wisher He's got thoughts on Scott Brown Hi John Hello Hi John Hi, how you doing? I'm a first time caller. Alright, what made you call tonight then? Well, I was basically just listening to one of you guys earlier on and he was saying about Celtic's defence and the backup for the defence and he was talking about Emilio Azeguiri. I personally think he's done a great job for the club and he's not doing anything wrong just now. Do you know what I mean? Well, apart from the day, um, apart from the day at Pataudry when Brendan Rodgers mm. subbed him at half time, yeah, is that not offset though by the week before when everyone was raving about how good he was against Kilmarnock? Yeah, we we, we change our well, mind quite I mean, quickly here. Yeah. Don't worry, it's like everything else. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're even talking about the referees. Everybody has a nightmare once in a while, now and again. Do you know what I mean? That's part and parcel, as you as you yeah. say, Hugh. Everyday life. Oh. Do you know what I mean? I I, I just happened to. Come at it from a different angle to yourself John, I, I just think that Celtic uh, In terms of their defence Do need New signings uh, I go back to it, Callum McGregor playing At fullback at Ibrooks And therefore diminishing his Importance to the team uh, That tells me that Brendan Rodgers has no faith In uh, a lot of the people Who are defenders at Celtic Park And that's why I think they need additional cover Yeah I know I mean, the backup situation is not the greatest in the world. Do you know what I mean? But in an ideal situation, everything would be rosy. But that's basically just my point is saying that I wouldn't even slag his agree off. I think he's been a great servant. But my point being about Scott Brown is that he thought about he might be leaving this year or whatever. He, again, another great servant, I would move him into defence. Because he could teach the young laddies But Henry, Aya Do you know what I mean? Simple, move him back, he's getting older His legs are not getting any better Do you know what I mean? Who do you leave out to accommodate him? Well, I mean Just a big fella Leicester's name I can't even remember he's, he's in loan, right? He might go back to Leicester mm-hmm. So John, you know what I mean? John, John, what you're saying is You want him back there as a sweeper? Alongside the centre half, yeah, must, aye, he yeah. could play that role, Derek. Aye. I, I think, I think, you know I think it's a good you know, that's what that's, that, that's basically what he's doing just now in midfield. He, although he's not going back as far, but I mean, that is a good shout. I, I think that's, that's quite a good shout. I, I mean, Hugh, I, I can see you sort of recoiling at the idea. I'm, I'm not sure this would happen. You know, in, in, in Celtic's biggest game of the season, whether you know if it was away at Ibrox or whatever, and you wanted conventional centre halves, maybe that wouldn't be the role for Scott Brown. But, but surely in 
you know, in games in games at Celtic Park where Celtic are very much on top, or whether it's against perceived weaker teams in the league, is that something that could maybe be accommodated? Mm, I'm, I'm not sure about this. You know, I think you you get conventional defenders to defend properly, and Brendan Rodgers clearly has. Very little faith I mean Marvin Comper He took one look at Marvin Comper And thought well He'll never play for me uh, And so after 83 minutes Someone who's costing you A million pounds a season Has been deci- has been determined As surplus to requirements Thank you to John in Wisher So one four one nine five one one zero two five For you to get involved We've got a full time teaser Coming up next mm. A question sent in by you To try and trick Hugh Keevans And Derek Johnson You're going to be looking for 11 names tonight The theme is goal scorers It's coming up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans and Derek Johnson are here And it's time for them to tackle tonight's full-time teaser Now If you're unfamiliar with the teaser What that means is You send the questions to us And we give the guys The last 30 minutes of the show To try That being the key word Yes And come up with the answers So tonight's question um, Was sent in by Let me double check this Because I don't want to Do someone out of their shout out Hugh Keevans It was Dale Handley Who sent tonight's in We're looking for 11 players From either Scotland Wales Or Republic of Ireland who have more than 50 English Premier League goals Easy enough Okay 11 players from either Scotland, Wales or Republic of Ireland Who have over 50 Premier League goals in England Is Gareth Bale on it? No <laughs> Good start uh-huh. Of all the goal scorers you could have gone for Okay, Bellamy is- what did you th- is this of all time? Is this, what, I missed the start yeah. of that. I missed the start. So eleven one. players from either Scotland, Wales, or the Republic of Ireland who've scored more than fifty English Premier League goals. Craig so Bellamy. since ninety two, three onwards. Yeah, uh, Craig Bellamy. Yes, he's Robbie, got eighty one. Robbie Keane. Yep, he's top of the list. One two six. Uh, ninety two. So Scottish, Welsh, or Irish? Stephen Fletcher. Republic of Ireland. Yes, Hugh Keevans He's yeah, got 53 He just sneaks in He's got 53 Alright, 0141 That better have not been the Nokia I heard in the background there no, Paddy no. is a Celtic fan in Loughborough Hi Paddy Hiya, good evening, how you doing? Not good. too bad Paddy What's your point tonight? Yeah, I was just, I was just wanting to ring um, And talk about the uh, transfer policy at the minute Because I've noticed with some of the Celtic forums that some of the fans aren't too happy with the, the lack of buying and defence at the minute. And I just want to say, as a Celtic fan, I mean, I just understand that you can only buy what's available and what you can afford. And not just Celtic, but Rangers, Aberdeen, the, the rest of the Scottish clubs, we just have to be a bit more pragmatic and understand and take it on the chin that when it comes to... Um, Finances, we just cannot compete. Never mind English Premiership clubs, but we can't even compete with uh, English Championship teams in terms of buying players in. So that's why Celtic Rangers, the rest of us, you know, we've got a lot of loan players in. But I'm not too bothered. I'm not. I'm not too bothered about the fact that we've got a lack of um, defenders in because I think what we have at the minute is enough to see us through. And I'm hoping that in the summer transfer window. That's when we can do some more serious business. And I know that Hugh especially, Hugh, you were saying that um, you've got concerns about 
the uh, the lack of uh, cover that Celtic have in the defence, and I have that too. But it's just it's just where we are, you know. And I don't know what the answer is to that. So I don't want the panel thing. I well, mean, do you agree or not? For, I mean, first pragmatically, of all, what can we do? Well, I'll give you pragmatism back. Celtic will get plenty of money. They can go and find themselves someone, and the world's a big place. You know, you've got players coming in here now from uh, America, uh, and you know, as I say, you can you can find a gem uh, in all sorts of places. Uh, is and that, that's why sorry to interrupt. Though, is, is that is that not where actually the problem lies? Because Celtic have got themselves to a level where you know they've clearly been dominating here. To, to, to guarantee that you're taking that team onto another level, you need to either spend big or it does have to be a gem, like you say. And you said you can find them anywhere. Technically, yes, but but it's not easy. And that, that, that that's, yeah, that's that's where Celtic are at, is it not? That's where Lee Congerton comes in. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the the transfer windows that Celtic have had, the last three transfer windows have been less than yeah. inspiring. But that's what I mean. You could easily. Spend two or three million on a right back and find that he's actually not better than Mikael Lustig because of the way the market is at the moment. Well, you know, you you have to assume that due diligence has been done. You've you've done your homework. Yeah, that's that what they're there for. I'm not doubting that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just think that it's patently obvious uh, the Gamboas and compares of this world uh, have been found wanting by Celtic. Uh, and for me, Mikael Lustig and Emilio Izagui are at the wrong end of their careers now. Uh, and you get Celtic supporters who point to the number of times Celtic concede a goal and it's down to Michael Listig. Uh, so he's been a terrific player for the club, but there, there's clearly a need for cover at the back, and that has not been addressed in this transfer if, window. If, you, if you're looking at right back, what's happened to young Ralston? Well, yeah, he's, been, he's in. been playing. He's yeah. been in. So would he not do if something happened to Listig? Well, is he, he not good enough to step in? He's the, done it before. Well, the thing is, if you think that he's good enough, then you play him in preference to. Mikael Lustig But that's not happening But he's yeah, covered, well, he, he, cover. he, he picked up yeah. a knock Didn't he The yeah. other day um, I think that's why um, He missed out the other night it, it all comes down to this If Celtic win the title And it's eight in a row Then Everything's fine Off you go And wait for the The summertime transfer window If Celtic do not win the title Then the transfer policy And the, the signings That have been made Since Brendan Rodgers Became Celtic manager Will be held up To the light Paddy, something I've been asking a couple of nights in a row now, um, the Celtic fans, just because I'm, in, I'm interested to see what you think. Does Scott Bain continue in goal tomorrow and for the foreseeable future as far as you're concerned? Or is Craig Gordon well, back? From what I've seen of uh, Bain the last few games, last couple of games where uh, Brendan's played him, is I, I would definitely give him uh, a longer run in, in the league matches starting tomorrow uh, with the Hamilton game because... I'm travelling up for that. I'll, I'll be setting off at six o'clock tomorrow morning. So I would really like to see uh, Scott Bain given an yeah. opportunity to continue because I thought he was fantastic midweek. Yeah. I mean, then you know that we um, crazy yeah. few seconds. He's, like he's safe. He's safe at one nothing. Yeah, you're absolutely fantastic. right. It was incredible, incredible goalkeeper. I said on Monday that uh, I gave Cowden Beef no chance whatsoever against Rangers in the cup, and that upset the the, the man who came on and demanded that I give. All of Cowden Beath an apology <laughs> Well uh, You know I don't take that back uh, Cowden Beath have no chance Against Rangers And Hamilton have no chance Against Celtic So None at all No none at all So I, I don't think That the goalkeeping question mm. Is perfectly valid to ask But I don't, I don't I didn't mean specifically tomorrow I'm talking Slightly bigger picture But you get another mm. 
Tomorrow's another chapter. Well, yeah, I, I heard it all, Hugh. When 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 I was playing, it was Peter McCloy and Stuart Kennedy, two international goalkeepers, mm. and obviously both of them want to play. And what Jock Wallace said was, "Well, look, whoever's got the jersey keeps it. One bad mistake, one glaring mistake, then you're out, and somebody else is in. And that's exactly what happened to them. You'd, you'd, you'd get one of the goalkeepers playing for six or seven, eight games in the trot, made one mistake, and he was out, and the other one came in. That's it. Ryan Giggs, sorry." Ryan Giggs I can't see him playing in goal for Celtic No All right. He's alright <laughs> Yes uh, 109 goals 11 players from Scotland, Wales or the Republic of Ireland Who've got over 50 English Premier League goals I like your style tonight gentlemen You're doing this in order Right Robbie Keane, Ryan Giggs, Craig Bellamy You've got the top three Not the three mm. Oh in fact Stephen Fletcher as well He's t- he's 10th Forgot about him Right um, Hugh You sparked something that I wanted to bring up anyway there when You mentioned Hamilton Ackies Oh Clearly not expected If you're anything to go by Not expected to go and get a result At Celtic tomorrow yep. Been a tough old time For Martin Canning It feels like the fans are At breaking point Approaching yep. breaking point Then you, you hear all the usual Counter arguments of Look at the budget Look at the size of the club Look at the players he loses Surely he should be judged On keeping the team in the league Which yeah. he does um, Having said that Again, I'm looking at social media right now. We put an article up with Dougie Emery earlier on. The, repl- the replies are um, not too positive, shall we say? Uh-huh. Um, and I, I just wonder how important it is that, that Hamilton at least compete tomorrow or, or come out with a bit of respectability in terms of what that could mean for Martin Canning. Martin Canning has my sympathy because I believe that there is a section. And now listen to my words carefully, Hamilton supporters. There is a section of the Hamilton Aggie support who conduct a witch hunt against him. I am also a firm believer that there is a simple rule of thumb. If the Aggies stay in the division, he's done his job. If the Aggies drop out of the division, the club then has a decision to make. Uh, until that moment arrives, he has my sympathy uh, I think what happened to, to his family was unacceptable, yeah. ugly, sinister, and you know, if there's any repeat, then you're pushing the man towards the decision mm-hmm. that he leaves I the mean, club because I, I, he doesn't would, like the fans. I would love to know, Hugh, what the Hamilton fans actually want from their team. Well, well, well to be fair, I'll answer that for you because we've been at and phone in, you tell us, 0141 We have been asking that in the last few nights, Derek. Right. Um, and yes, they, some of them were acknowledging that they probably won't be top six, but they want to see a better style of football. They, they just want a bit more ambition. They're no longer they're no longer happy to just stay in the division. Simple as that. But it's, it's all right playing nice football, but if you're not winning matches, then you're down. Mm. Hamilton have proven in the last two or three seasons when they were up against it, they've, they've got fighters in the side and it kept them up. That should be the, the great salvation for Hamilton fans, staying in that league. I mean, Stephen Donachie tweeted, Hugh, I, I don't know if it's true, I've no reason to... To not believe Stephen But he says 33 tickets sold for tomorrow Says it all Well it says it all in terms of The the gulf between Celtic and Hamilton Ackies um, But your point is an interesting one Gordon You know if Celtic were to win by A thoroughly convincing margin Would it upset Ronnie McDonald To the extent that he Knocked on Martin Canning's door I think the Ackies hierarchy will give Martin Canning until the end of the season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And that he really? will... Yeah, I think he'll be given the responsibility of keeping them up. And if he doesn't, then they've got a decision to make. Any more on the teaser? 
Robbie Keane, Ryan Giggs, Craig Bellamy, Stephen Fletcher. Hugh Moan says it's a cracking teaser. He's tripped in. He's chipped in with a couple. Easy for me to say. This is since 1992, is it? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, the 92 93 season was the the start of the English Premier League. Liverpool, Scots, Welshman, Irishman. No? All right, give you some more thinking time. Charlie's in Airdrie. Hi, Charlie. How you doing, Gordon? <clears throat> Hi. Can, speak to you? Can I speak to you, please? Yeah, he's listening, Charlie. You? Yes, sir. I don't know if you remember right, but long, it was the way back last season when I was when Murphy was in charge. Uh-huh. Right? Um, I was coming back for the Rangers game. We get beat. I can't even mean it. I was coming out. I think I was playing. We get beat. And um, I says to you at the time, I says, see the guy standing next to Murphy? I says, and you says, who? And I says, Stevie Clark. I says, that should be next Ranger manager. Uh-huh. Uh, I believe that Rangers have flipped up again. Uh, Stephen Gerrard is box office uh, as far as his past and his, the way he plays and all the way he used to play and all the rest of it. But as manager, uh, Rangers, he hasn't got it as far as I'm concerned. Um, we're back to where we were when uh, Livingston beat Rangers. I come on that day and all. And I turned around and said, the season was over. Right? A lot of things have happened since then. We've beat Celtic, right? Fair enough. But that's only three points. Then we come out the other day there. Next minute, we get beat with Kamarak. But back on the same KD1 again. Uh, it's one step forward and three steps back the way. As far as I'm concerned, um, I'd like to think, I'd, ask, I'd like to ask you, do you think that Stevie Clark would consider the Rangers' job uh, Especially if it's in the workout for Gerard, I, I can't see us winning anything again this year. Uh, we Celtic got all these easy games. They're going to pick all these points up, and we're going to be sitting biting our nails again. We're going to end up maybe third again. So it's just going to be same scenario as last season. Uh, and I said it away back the last time we played Livingston. I think Rangers have decided that Stephen Gerrard is the man for them. Uh, I don't believe that if uh, Rangers fail to win the title uh, He will be removed I think he'll be there next season as well I do believe there's a bigger job to come for Stevie Clark, And uh, you know if Brendan Rodgers left Celtic I think Celtic would be interested in Stevie Clark. But the response to your question from me Is that I don't see Stephen Gerrard going anywhere right now Absolutely no chance I mean Stevie Gerrard He signed a four year deal It wouldn't surprise me if he stays for all four years I mean, We all hear all the talk about Yeah he's been groomed for the Liverpool when, when uh, I think, I think Charlie To be fair though I think Charlie's talking about The club pulling the trigger on him Rather than him moving on to somewhere no, else No no but I'm just saying that that's, that's he, The only way he's going to get that If he's successful at Rangers That's why That's why he will stay And Stevie Clark will not get the Rangers Right we're a bit short on time Thank you Charlie Any more on this teaser? No I'm we, we, we need to have a confab me in the beginning You certainly do Right I'll tell you what I'll give you some of the answers That are not on here That are coming in on Twitter That may help you right yeah. uh, Hugh has gone for Dean Saunders And Ian Rush they're not on it, right? Too long ago, I think, yeah. would probably be the one. Uh, David Campbell has thrown in Robert Earnshaw. He's not on the oh, list either. Sure will, yeah. um, and what I will tell you, you're still looking for 
two Scots. We'll get the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, and my goodness, Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson have got serious work to do. No, got one on the teaser. Let me remind them of the question. It was sent in by Dale Handley. Uh, we're looking for eleven players from Scotland, Wales. Or Republic of Ireland With over 50 English Premier League goals Guys like Robbie Keane Ryan Giggs Craig Bellamy And Stephen Fletcher Oh John Hartson Yes John Hartson He's in 55 Hugh Keevans Good evening (laughs) (laughs) I told you you were still looking for two Scots You've not got them Two Scots Oh come on No, silence is golden Oh Hugh Keevens honestly I can't believe you're not getting at least one of these Is Joe Jordan too far back? <laughs> He's miles Miles off uh, He's before me <laughs> uh... Oh my goodness Honestly you two never fail to amaze me You're looking for two Scots You're looking for Two Welshmen And two Irishmen two Irishmen a couple of the strikers One of the Scottish strikers You're looking for is Big Target man Same with the Irish striker Now Quinn Yes I can't believe you've got him Before the Scottish one You'd want a great biography now Okay we'll save that story For another day uh, Big Yes What word did you just say? Big mm-hmm. One of these guys Who's just known as Big Something you know you're big when they when you, when they put that in front. Oh, big dunk, Ferguson. Yes, he's the top scoring Scot. Sixty eight English Premier League goals. So you're still looking for your two Welshmen, your two Irishmen, you and four. one Scot. One, one, two, three, four, five. Oh yeah, sorry. Seven. One yeah. Irishman is it? Yeah, you're down to one Irishman, Irishman. two Welshmen, one Scot. All right, we'll get back to it. Scot is. The Rangers fan in Kirk and Tillock. Hi Scott Hi panel, good evening, how are you all? Oh, good, thank, thank you, you. Uh, Good, uh, I've not really been listening to the show the night But I just came into my car and I heard Charlie on Is it Fairbury, giving mm-hmm. his opinion about Stephen Gerrard um, I think you need to cut my wee bit of slack Gerrard, it's obviously his first uh, Manager role and he's going to make mistakes And I, 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 I couldn't believe it When he says about Stevie Clark Being the Rangers manager, me personally and as Derek keeps saying, you know, we're all about opinions. I would hate Stevie Clark to be the manager of Rangers. He wouldn't last long because the Rangers fans would have put up his style of football. If you watch that game the other night there, we lost that game. We were worse than anyone the other night there, wasn't it? It was if Kilmarnock were better than us. He plays the same system, and no matter where he goes after that, he'll probably always play the same system. He's successful for it. He wouldn't get it away with Rangers. I think a lot of Rangers fans... That Just on that though, Scott, I'm wondering if what he's doing at Kilmarnock, though, is taking a bunch of players, a lot of them who... Couldn't hit those heights in the league And is just disciplining them in a way To to get results I'm not sure that's To say that if he then went to a team With the second biggest budget in the country He would continue to play the same way Mm. No, well I think you're right You're you're, you're spot on what you said But I think what he's got is He's got a team of workers Who are prepared to work, work, work Because if they don't Then he'll not have them playing I think Kilmarnock Organisation as well Organisation as well Kilmarnock done to us basically the other night there but we done to Celtic at Ibrox that's exactly how that game went because again if you look at the game we kind of stood off 
and didn't press Kilmarnock when they had the ball. But again, they, they sat behind the ball. We we lost the game the other night with two mistakes. That was it. Uh, I sat and watched the game with seven or eight of my friends, and I predicted that Kilmarnock would win two one before the game. And my reason was spot on. I was just uh, just lucky that I was right. That I blamed the, the centre halves. That we, the centre halves wouldn't be good enough for that game, and they proved my point. Um, I, I'm not going to say Warrell's no good enough for Rangers, but it's consistently, um, it's consistent too much, too, too consistent. The centre halves. I've got to say, Gerard's got to take some responsibility. He keeps changing it. And I know he's got to because Goldson's not there. But for me, again, my, what I didn't like the other night there, I think I've heard a few other fans say the other night there, that game the other night there was screaming out for McCrory to play in that game. That's his, That's how he, that's McCrory's type of game, that game. He made a mistake playing Stephen Davis. He should have started Stephen Davis on the bench, I believe, and McCrory should have kept his place. That game was made for... So, Scott, McCrory. would you play Katic on Sunday? Um. I don't know, Derek. Um, I, I don't know. There's obviously there's got to be a reason there that we might never know how how he's no playing. I watched him. I don't know if you were at the Helsinki game on Sunday, but you know he, he came on and, and played forty five minutes, and I thought he played yeah. very well. Scored a goal as well. Scott was just talking yeah. there about you know perhaps Davis McCrory. What, what did you make of Davis the other night, Derek? Because obviously a lot, a lot's been expected of him. I think he tired as well. I mean, even even Defoe didn't have all that many touches because he, he didn't get the service. He needs ball in his feet yeah. in the box. But not, I mean, not the, balls Davis in the is obviously the one who's going to try and get on it and and. You know, he doesn't lie in service because of the way he plays. Yeah. Was he quieter than you expected him to be? No, because I think Kilmanic had so many men back. There was no space for anybody to play. And, and that's that's good good for Kilmanic because I think Scott's right. That's, that's just the way he's got Stevie Clark playing. There was no space for Rangers to play the ball into. And that's what happens in many games that, that, that Rangers play. But they're going to have to find ways through. I mean, Celtic were a solid side and Rangers managed to get through them, you know, Consistently, it must have created a good eight, nine great chances in that game. So if they can do it against Celtic, then they can certainly do it against Kilmarnock. Four minutes on the clock. Craig Moore has hit home. Andy Murdoch with the knockdown. Declan McDade played a part as well. Craig Moore puts Air United one up against Dundee United. So remember, remember the last one at Tanning? Yeah. Like four or five, yeah. nothing. What a game that was. But if ever a team owed their fans one tonight, it's Air United following the Hawk and Leck result. Uh, Still no Shanklin though by the way Yeah well yeah, I said that to you last week I didn't think he would play They really need to deliver tonight mm, For their, yeah. their supporters Who must be hurting Scott on you go You coming back in there Scott? Uh, no that's pretty much my point As I say I, I just think that You know Fans come on And I can understand frustration After a Celtic game But can he keep going on And saying he's no the right man yeah. Bring Murray back bring, But the, the fact of the matter is Gerard's in the, the job now Give him the chance I don't really care If we don't win anything this year if, you know, I, I really don't But let's see what happens And give him a chance Alright, that was yeah. Scott and Kirk and Tillich 01419511025 um, Hugh, some of the other fixtures tomorrow are, are, are cracking fixtures in their own way I'm looking at Dundee against Motherwell oh. Both had very good results on Wednesday night Against the Edinburgh side respectively Motherwell have a sizeable gap at the moment Yeah I just wonder though if, if Dundee were to win that On the back of the Hearts win If that would that would really spark life into their survival attempts and maybe, just maybe, keep Motherwell at an uncomfortable level above it. I think that this will come down to St Mirren and Hamilton Aggies. I think Do you think Dundee are going to get out of this? Yes, yeah. yes. I think Jim McIntyre, solid job, just pegging away, pegging away. It was a great result against the Hearts at Tynecastle. For me, one of those two, St Mirren and Hamilton, Will go down automatically And the other one Will be in the playoff They they seem 
at the moment to be incapable of defending themselves. But what an important game the, the St Mirren Hibs game is. I mean, Hibs have been on on a downer. To be mm-hmm. perfectly honest, that was a bad result for them in midweek. By all yeah. accounts, Motherwell thoroughly deserved to win the game. You know, so he's got to start winning games now, Neil, and so does St Mirren, so that'll be a humdinger, I think. You've got serious work left on this teaser. 11 players from Scotland, Wales, or the Republic of Ireland with over 50 English Premier League goals. How many are you still looking for? Six, four. Four. Four, right. You need your Scoobies. <sighs> See the Scotsman you're looking for, Hugh yeah. Keevans. Yes. He's a big lad. He's all. No, that was Duncan Ferguson. <laughs> he's on the teaser regularly, and every time he's on the teaser, I mean, Gallagher, no. Yes. <laughs> Kevin Gallagher? Yeah. yeah. Dear me. Kevin Gallagher. There we go. I was about to give the clue about where he's from because Not I always, really if you've never heard us before, every time he comes up, I say, Hugh, he's a Clyde Bank boy. Yeah. And Hugh gets Gallagher. it straight away. So there you go. Kevin Gallagher. Benny's boy. Right. What about the What about the two Welshmen? I should know that. Good striker, very good striker, went into management. Played for. Man United We're oh. going back a bit here Oh it's He was at Southampton there Mark Hughes Yes Mark Hughes Well Mark done Hughes. What about the other one A midfielder So he's only there because he He played so many games really He wasn't a goal scorer But he played so many games For oh, Various teams um, Leeds Newcastle oh. He is sadly no longer with us Oh Speed Gary Speed. Speed Yes Okie doke Does that mean you've only got one left? Is this Irish one? You're Irishman He was a winger For the likes of Blackburn and Chelsea Oh Duff Yes I didn't, even, Duff. I didn't even get to my next clue About him being on the coaching staff up here yeah. Damien Duff Well Damien done Duff. I, don't know if I'm, I don't know if you deserved a well oh, done there But you get a well done a anyway Okay, that is that. Your weekend preview is complete. Thank you to Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson. As always, your calls and tweets are much appreciated. We couldn't do the show without them. We'll do it again tomorrow from 2 o'clock. A great fixture card to look forward to at 3. And of course, two big games on Sunday that we can preview as well. So make sure you join us from 2 o'clock. In the meantime, though, stay where you are. Get your weekend started. It's GBX Fridays up next. One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.